Hall of Sports all plays. Yeah. Hall of Sports all plays. Hall of Sports all plays. We're making a place. You talking the game, get you to the days. We're hiding the court, the diamond the lane. Variety topics, living the same. All presentations, sports information. In the airways, taking the nation. All sport, all plays, they work in your faces. Grace up the field, so tie the laces. All sports, all plays. Welcome to your Tuesday night episode of Unscripted Live here on Facebook at Unscripted and also live on the All Sports All Plays Network. And I am your host tonight, Logan Landers, and joining me is my co-host, Jay McLovin, or as his name is tonight, Negative 10 Giants Passing Yards. What's going on? Yeah, I'm sporting that one more day just for Freddie, just for Freddie, because Freddie, Freddie is a Giants fan, and I want him to know just how much it means for a team to make history with negative passing yards. It's just, I don't know how you do that. I don't know how you come away with that against the, the Bears, but they uh, did. Well, they Jay, did. you're lucky because you get to talk about it one more time here during our Week 17 NFL recap here in just a few topics. We have a lot of stuff on tonight. Uh, like I said, be sure to like, comment, share, subscribe if you enjoy the content tonight. Be sure to follow all of ASAP stuff as well. They got stuff going on each and every hour, feels like, Jay. And uh, let's get into it, man. Our first topic is how could it not be? How could this not be the first topic? The biggest yeah. thing in sports at the moment it is the college football national championship, the rematch for the SC, from the SEC championship. The Georgia Bulldogs, who beat the Michigan Wolverines, and the Alabama Crimson, who beat up on Cincinnati, they got through their semifinal games, man. And here they are one more time going at it. What do you think? Yeah, here's the deal. So this is this is one hell of a rematch. Can Kirby Smart, you know, can he somehow or another figure out how to beat his nemesis, his former master, his teacher, Nick Saban? And I'll tell you, it's it's going to come down to can he make the right adjustments? I think in that first matchup, Logan, Kirby, in my opinion, I, I felt at some point Stetson should have been taken out of that game and JT Daniels should have been put in that game, just like Hurts got benched and Tua came in. That's a difference. Nick Saban is not afraid to pull you to make that adjustment to win the game. For some reason, Kirby Smart, I don't know if it's just a loyalty thing with him, but he doesn't want he didn't want to make that change and put, you know, JT Daniels in there. And, and, and that's really what cost him that game. I mean, Georgia was just never really in it. And they didn't really do a whole heck of a lot to get back into it. So my thing is, okay, that was a little while back. Okay, now it's water under the bridge. Now we're now we're now we now we got the national championship. They they screwed the SEC championship, but now can Kirby Smart is he willing to make the necessary adjustments if it is needed? And can they you know and can this Georgia team come back and take care and take care of business? You know, we'll see, we'll see. Um, it was interesting against Michigan, man. 
I had said the big key if Georgia wanted to win was that run defense, which which they were known for the entire season. They did everything they could. They uh, they had Haskins and the road the whole team, the entire Michigan team, only ran for 91 yards the entire game. So you can't ask for much more than that. Uh, we knew their passing game wasn't the strongest, so if you could stuff the run, you pretty much had them beat. They got the win on that one pretty easy, 34 to 11. And like you said, I know I know that Bennett didn't have the best game in the SEC championship, but I think that the reason that Smart left him in is because they already knew they were going to be in in the semifinals, right? And he wanted right. to keep that confidence. And it paid off, Jay. It really did because Bennett had a really good game. 20 of 30 passing, over 300 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. You can't have a much better day than that in one of the biggest games of his life to, right. to uh, you know, push them to the national championship. Uh, of course, you know, it wasn't just him. He had the really good defense behind him. Um, you know, they had four sacks of the team, seven tackles for losses. Uh, Darian Kendrick had two interceptions. So, that defense that, you know, we've all said is really, really good paid off, and they're going to against a high-powered Alabama offense. Uh, Bryce Young, he didn't have the, the biggest day, but it was enough, Jay. It was 17-28, 181 yards, three touchdowns, just one pick. But I think the real key was the running game because they ran the ball 47 times for over 300 yards as a team. They didn't get any touchdowns, but they did enough just to kill some clock, just to move the chains. And that's still the key. I mentioned it against Michigan. If you can stop the run, you'll get the win. Now, we know that Alabama does have a lot better passing game with, you know, the Heisman winner and Bryce Young. But if you can stop the initial run game with Brian Robinson, who ran for over 200 yards last week, you can get a – you have a definitely more better chance at winning this ball game. And it's going to be a tough one, man. So what, what's your final prediction? Who's going to win? the national championship in college football this year. Yeah. And, and I tell you, I, I really believe right now, even with, even without Minchie in there, yep. Alabama no just has, they're so deep. They're so deep with their wide receivers that the next guy, you know, that comes into play. I mean, if you look at it, well, they're, what they're receiving was Minchie had 97, but Williams had 184 on seven catches. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, your next guy, Bolden, uh, had 54. But, I mean, he threw to like one, two, three, four, five, six. He threw to eight different guys. So they got people that will step up. And Bryce Young has no problems spreading that ball around. But he ran for 40 yards and had a touchdown on the ground. So mm-hmm. here's the deal. They're going to have to – Georgia's going to have to be able to stop the run, and they're going to have to limit the amount of receivers that he throws to. And also – they're going to have to limit the amount of turnovers. They had two interceptions during that game. So my final prediction, I, I still think if Georgia can make the necessary corrections, then it's going to be a closer game. But at the end of the day, man, I really – I just feel like Nick Saban gets up for the big games. Mm. Alabama always gets up for the big games. And unless okay. they can have some kind of Trevor Lawrence experience or Cam Newton experience or, you know, something along those lines, I just feel like, you know, Alabama is going to take this one. And it could be another if, – if if Georgia doesn't make the necessary changes, it could be another blowout just like we saw. So it could be – I'm going to go 35-14 mm. Alabama. Okay. I, I'm going a little bit different here. Uh, we got Frankie chiming in here. Frankie not on the show tonight, but still lending his support. You got Bama winning at 41-27 at the big score there. I'm actually going to go against y'all, guys. I, I got to go with Georgia. I think only because – if Georgia can replicate what they did against Michigan, and now that they've seen all the game footage from the SEC championship, 
And like you mentioned, they are missing uh, one of their big receivers in Mechie. I think that if Georgia's defense can step up to the plate this time, they know this is the biggest game of their lives. For Stetson Bennett, this probably might be his last biggest game, right? Because he's probably not going to go to the NFL and amount to much if he even get drafted, right? So I think the Georgia Bulldogs will get the win in this one. I got it close, though. I got Georgia 30, and I got Alabama 23. I got only a touchdown. But I, just, I, I feel something, man. I feel something in my bones that tells me that Kirby Smart and company are not going to get beat up on as much as they did in the SEC championship. That's what the greats do, right? That's what the good coaches, that's what the good teams do. If they learn from their mistakes, you got punched in the mouth, you come back, and hopefully you can win an SEC chip. You can uh, get a vent, get revenge for your SEC championship. Frankie, I want to hear. I don't want to hear, man. You had the show. I can't debate you. I can't debate in the comments. I'm trying my best. But I think that I think Georgia's got the win in this one, 30, uh, 23, close game. I think Stetson's going to have not, not an amazing day, but uh, definitely better limit turnovers. And uh, like I said, I think that defense is just a little bit too good. And you mentioned it's the high-powered offense of Alabama against the amazing defense for Georgia. Who win? We'll see next Monday in Indianapolis. So uh, if you're watching us, put a comment in there like Frankie. Also, Frank said, Jay, don't be shaking your head like that. <laughs> hey, Frankie's been ducking me. Frankie owes me a T-shirt. Uh, he knows what I'm talking about. He lost that bet. Frankie's ducking tonight. So Frankie's running right now. He says he's got work, but I really feel like Frankie's we'll on running Thursday. right now. So that's all right. Frankie, Thursday. I better see that shirt Thursday. Thursday, Frankie. Don't be running from me. We will see. Oh, he said, Thursday, brother, I have it. All right, well, there you go. Tune in on Thursday, and you can see Frankie uh, being the loser of that bet. All right, Joe, talk some basketball. DeMar DeRozan has been on a, quite a hot streak lately. Should he be in MVP talks right now? What do you think? Yeah, we were talking about that earlier on, on another show. You know, here's the deal. And they brought up some really valid points. You know, with DeRozan, he had back-to-back game-winning threes. He's averaging around 27 points a game. He hasn't, I think, like we said, uh, he hasn't, you know, been the flashiest of people. So it depends on what they give that MVP award for. You know, it seems like the, the cross the debate, it seems like the most valuable person is like the most popular person. It's you like the most popular person contest. And if that's the case, DeRose is not the most popular person. And if it's the best person on the planet, if you're going to go with that discussion, like we were talking about earlier uh, with ASAP, um, then you know, arguably that that would go to either Seth Curry or possibly even uh, LeBron James or Kevin Durant, you know, somebody like that. But if you look at just what they're doing this year and you're basing it on the stats and, and what they mean to their team, then you have to give it to DeRozan because Chicago is number one right now in the East. And it's all because of DeRozan. Yeah. You know, DeRozan is a big factor. Not that Levine doesn't have something to say about it, but let's be honest, they weren't in this type of con- contention until the name of DeRozan came into this team. And I think if you look at, you know, if you look at what he's done this year and look at where his team has gone, gone through with all the COVID and injuries and whatnot and where they're currently positioned, then, you know, even though he's not the flashiest of people, he has to, he has to be, you know, in the discussion for the top, yeah. for the top spot. Yeah, Just I, I would, yeah, like, like Frankie said, I agree. He should be in the talks. If not, he's definitely in the top five. I, yeah, I think so. And the thing that I would say, Jay, that if they're not going to give him the MVP, give him, make up a new award, right? The MCP, most consistent player, because it seems like right. each and every night we see this guy drop in 20 on 60 plus percent shooting, get a couple of assists, some rebounds. And 
you mentioned it, the Bulls are in first place right now. I mean, the Bulls have kind of been an afterthought in recent years, aside from Zach Levine, honestly. And now that they've got DeRozan, now they've got Lonzo, Caruso, Vucevic as well, and Kobe White, some of their young guys they've drafted, the Bulls are really looking like a good team with a great mix of leadership with veterans, like I mentioned with DeRozan and Vucevic, and with their young stars, right? With White, right. With, uh, Levine, who's still pretty young, with uh, Caruso, Lon- all those guys. And they're the number one team in the East, which no one really thought. I mean, they saw all the great free agency stuff we talked about here on the show. But I I mean, I didn't see them. I didn't see them being first place. I thought it'd be a nice, like, five seed or something, but not first. Uh, yeah, Chicago's Rangers. really quietly come into play. Mm-hmm. And, right, I, so- and I think taking Alex Caruso from the Lakers really helped them, uh, helped them as well. I mean, you know, they've got a lot of really good yeah. role players to go along with their big guys. And like I said, so you got DeRozan, what, 26, little, almost 27 points a game. That's really five, good. Five yeah. assists, four, four, or, or five rebounds, four assists a night. That's what he's averaging. Yeah, that's solid. I, I, I think that's MVP worthy. And, and, and then, like I said, then you're given what his team has gone through. Right. To go from, first place you know, from where, they, where, where they are. I mean. Yep. So Frankie's top five is Steph, Braun, Durant, DeRozan, and then John Morant as his fifth. That's not bad. I mean, of course, I think everyone's going to put Steph at number one right now just with how great he's been, obviously, breaking the three-point record, helping the Warriors be a great team. Plus, Clay's coming back potentially, I think, Sunday. So that's going to be even more, uh, even more scary. But, yeah, definitely if, if the Rosen is not in your MVP talks right now, then you're just not a basketball fan, you're not watching, and you don't respect the good play of this great guy. But I don't even think LeBron James, and, I, and, I'm, and I'm checking those stats just to make sure I'm correct on this. Uh-huh. But, you know, if LeBron James, yeah, you could probably put him. He, yeah, golly. Boy, Come on, man. Mind. LeBron's always going to be in the top five. Don't matter what. <laughs> yeah, man. I, I, you know, I just – I didn't realize – I thought he was around the 24, 20, 23 or 24 we'll points a game. But he's actually doing 28, 7, and 6. So, yeah, yeah man. Throw him I mean, up there. You got to throw him up there. So, okay. So, so, so what, are, what are you – you know, when it comes to MVP, what are, what are your what are your parameters? You know, obviously points. Right. I'm not yeah. being disrespectful. I, that's why I pulled it up, Frank. I'm giving – I'm giving Brian a prop. He corrected him. He corrected him. Hey, hey. Uh-huh. But, but, you know, it, it, obviously you look at points or you look yeah. at performance of the player – you look at where the, you know what the team has to work with, what the position of the team is, right? I mean, right. I, I don't know. I I, I think because God, it's it's a close to one. To me, if your team's like a, a fringe, like an eight seed, or not even in the playoffs, you're you're out of consideration. I think because you have if you're if you if you're a valuable player, right? It has to be what you're doing, right? But also how you're helping your team. And I know that kind of takes away from the award of player, but. It depends on how your play is impacting the performance for not only yourself, but also your team, right? I mean, right. that's how Steve Nash won uh, those MVPs back in the day. He wasn't putting up 30 points a game. He's putting up, what, maybe 18 and 10 assists a game? Or what? Right. Or what you know, just off the top of my head. So he was helping his, his team out. And, I mean, the Suns were always a top seed back in the early 2000s. And so that that's why – put it on Jay is obviously I think first it's got to look at your individual stats and then second it's got to be a how your team is performing what, what do you think yeah I, and that's what I was thinking I was I was thinking it's got to be more there's got to be more than just 
you know, points, rebounds, assists. It's got to be all the other intangibles that go along with that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, and like you said, are you, you know, I think strength is, I think last strength, I was going to say strength. I think the strength of your team in terms of how well your team is playing in terms of your schedule, your schedule, how, how well you're playing the top teams. Uh, and, you know, I think there's, God, there's so many things that they should go into that. And I think DeRozan is a good qualifier because, look, the, the, the Chicago Bulls have gone to a lot of tough teams. They haven't, I don't think they've had oh, yeah. a completely easy schedule. Um, I no, think the Lakers have lost – I think the Lakers have lost a lot of really easy games that they should have won, you know. And mm. and I, and, I, and so I do think – I think that LeBron James is, is still the best man on the planet. But I think, the, I think when you look at uh, DeRozan's performance and how well his team is playing – and you put them both together. I mean, mm-hmm. I just think I just think you have to give it to him. So I found the numbers for Steve Nash because I was just curious, Jay. Uh, so he won in 0405 and then 0506. He only in 0405 he averaged 15 and a half points a game, which is crazy. But he yeah. had 11 and a half assists. Um, and then 0506 he averaged 18.8 and 10 10 and a half assists. So that's how he that's how he earned it. And then, meanwhile, if you look at um, last year's winner, Nikola Jokic, he had 26 points, 10 rebounds, and eight assists. So, pretty pretty good numbers. You can see just how the league has changed. I'm trying to see here. Um, yeah, so he's the only guy, it looks like, in the last 20 years that has won the award averaging under 20 points a ball game, which is pretty insane to me. Right. No, I, d- I definitely agree with that. Absolutely. All right. All right. Let's keep moving on here to our next topic. All right. Keeping in the NBA, we're going to the WNBA now. Becky Hammond is now the highest paid WNBA coach as she is signing with the Las Vegas Aces. So, uh, Jay, what do you think, man? I mean, she was an assistant under Coach Popovich, played in the WNBA a couple of years back. And uh, now she is uh, now she's going back and going to be coaching. What do you think? Yeah, I think Becky Hammond's. Is is going to be great, uh, and, and, and when she goes to the Las Vegas, uh, what is actually the name of that team down there in, in Vegas? The Aces. The Aces. the Aces. So when she goes to when she goes to coach the Aces down there in Las Vegas, I think she's going to take the wealth of knowledge. Look, she's she's been underneath one of the, the best coaches in the NBA, and Greg Popovich. So you know that she's observed a lot of that knowledge from him. So she's going to take what she's learned underneath him, plus the knowledge that she's taken from the NBA. And I think it's going to carry over quite nice. And I think you're going to see a lot of championships start to come through uh, Las Vegas uh, once she mm-hmm. takes a hold of that team. And I do think it's going to be a catalyst uh, that props her back to uh, the NBA and could put her into uh-huh. some head coaching. Uh, well, she already had one head coaching interview, which she did quite well yep. with the Portland Trailblazers. So I think yep. if she goes to the WNBA and continues to do that, you know, an excellent job there. Then that could propel her into more conversations or head coaching conversations uh, in the NBA, and I think I think she I think she's still going to be the first woman uh, uh, first woman mm-hmm. NBA uh, female coach. I think that's going to happen, and I yeah. think Becky Hammonds is is one hell of a person, and I think she's going to do great things. Yeah, I think she is too. Um, obviously, I mentioned she played from '99 until 2014, so a very long career in the right. WNBA, and then immediately went from uh, the WNBA to like you said, being an assistant with the San Antonio Spurs, helping out with Coach Popovich for all those years. Uh, I think, you know, she actually did coach a game because he got thrown out. Uh, so he she technically did coach a game. Um, in 2016, she was in the All-Star staff, first female to ever do that. And then, like you mentioned, 
uh, you know, she mentioned she uh, was interviewed for the head coach with the Trailblazers this past season. So she's done a lot. She has, and she's still only 44, Jay. So she has done a. Oh, yeah, she's lot. young. She, yeah, she's young. She's experienced. And I think, I think what a lot of people are thinking also is she'll go to uh, Las Vegas. So let me see if I can find her contract here that she just signed. Uh, okay, yeah, so Hammond is set to be the highest paid coach in WBA. Uh, she's also going to be the team's general manager also, Jay. So that is also a big deal there. Let's see if I'm finding some money. Uh, I'll keep looking. But anyways, I think that with Vegas, um, she's going to be there for a while. And she's going to do good, I think. I think she really is. But I think all of us deep down want her back in the NBA and want her to be the first female head coach for whatever team is uh, is wanting to have her talents. So I, I hope that she has a great career. Um, you know, obviously she did great as a player. Now she's going back as a coach and a GM. So we'll see what she can do. I'm excited to see what the young woman can do. And uh, well, I'm, I'm happy to see what the future is going to hold for her. Yeah, she definitely has a lot of accolades. Yeah. Uh, not only with just the Olympics, but with her playing, yeah, like you said, her playing, her playing career as well. I mean, you know, you're looking at a six-time NBA All-Star, two-time, you know, first first team, two-time second team. I mean, you know, WNBA assist leader. I mean, just, you know, the accolades for her just go on and on. And I tell you, man, that's just the type of person that she is. And I think her accolades that, are, you know, she's, she's, or the knowledge that she's gathering, you know, under Popovich, you know, it's just going to make her that much better when she goes to WNBA. I think she's going to be fearless. I think mm-hmm. she's going to do great things. Yep, we'll see what she can do. But now, you know, she's going to be not just – she's going to do what Pop is, right? She's going to be the head coach and the GM. So yeah, not too bad for your first actual uh, coaching uh, gig. And we have some comments Let's hope she drafts right. Off of YouTube saying what's good, ASN fam. And also, yes, she is going to be the GM for the Aces. So um, she said they that Vegas saw her as a head coach already just right away, and she took the job. All right, Jack, going to the NBA now. I'll let you take the floor of this one. Um, a couple of nights ago, some of some Houston Rockets of yours did not want to get back in the ball game and uh, got into a little bit of a scuffle. I'll, I'll let you take the floor. Yeah, I, I got, I got the majority of it. I don't, I'm not sure what's going on with Christian Wood. I know he, I know he's obviously part of it. The Kevin Porter Jr. thing, you know, they knew that they knew that when he first came into the league that mm-hmm. he had, he has temperament management issues. I, they saw, I believe, you know, at, at very early on when he first got drafted, and then when the, when the Rockets picked him up, obviously now he's had a lot of issues with authority. And he, as you can see, when John Lucas, when him yeah. and John Lucas had got into it, I don't know exactly what all the words were, but apparently, you know, he started flipping out and throwing things, and that was pretty much it. Now they punished him; they're gonna make him sit out a game, and then he'll come back, and I guess they'll resume whatever. I don't know. I don't know if he's. I don't think he faced any fines. But at the same time, I, I you know, with Kevin Porter, man, he just—he's got I'm talent. He can mature down a little he's bit. Talent, I, I think it's more of a—he's got all the talent. The guy's he's got only, all kinds of talent. He's only twenty-one. Yeah, but you know what? But AB had talent too, man. Uh, we'll get on that in a minute. Yeah, we'll get that in a minute. I'm just making a comparison. Yeah, yeah. The, the comparison I'm making is sometimes that talent, man, talent, talent will keep you in the league, but. Mm-hmm. Sometimes people will eventually give up on that talent and just be like, it's just too much of a distraction, not wanting anything to do with you. And I think Kevin Porter, you know, he's 21. Hopefully maybe the Rockets can 
get, you know, give him some leeway and give us a little, you know, a little bit more time to mature. But I think if, you know, if, if this is a thing that continues on, you know, it could be, it could be a, a sticking point. Yeah. Um, let me get some comments here real quick uh, from YouTube saying how long she was in the profit since 2014. So seven, you can go ahead and say eight years, seven, eight years. Uh, right. So she, she had definitely a lot, of, uh, a lot of experience. And then also we are going to get to the NFL uh, in just a few topics here, um, NFC, so don't go away. Yeah, uh, Jay, we, we saw this in Cleveland, right? He threw, what was it, hot soup on somebody, all the assistants. Um, and then with this this past week, uh, let me see, Porter became angry after Lucas challenged him at the half, uh, just had a spirited debate and lost his temper. Selena quotes here on ESPN. I think – I don't know if am I crazy to say he threw something. I don't. I, don't, I might be. No, I think I think I think he was. I think he was throwing. I don't know if he threw it. It was just, just a tantrum. I thought. I thought one of the reports I had gotten confirmed was that he did throw something, but maybe that's it. Yeah, I thought I saw that, but I'm still I'm still looking around to see um, what all is going to go on here. But yeah, I mean, as for, as for I mean, both these guys got suspended for one game um, this past night. Uh, but man, it's just. You hope that he can get it together, right? Because he does have a ton of potential. He's young, so is Wood. I mean, Christy Wood's gonna get, probably get traded deadline, right? You can probably agree with that. Um, and as for Porter, man, he got kicked out of Cleveland for the same thing, and he's lucky that Houston ain't doing the same. So, yeah, Chris, Christian Wood. He so he, he I just, he's got he's, he's got to he, he, Jay. He's, he, huh? he's got to be getting traded soon. You would think, right? He's Christian Wood. Yeah, yeah. Besides, he's one of the only few guys on the team with trade value right now. Yeah, so he basically he basically didn't show up for a COVID test, and so that's why they suspended him. Then he started pouting about it and stuff. So, you know, Christian Wood is just a, you know he's a great player. I don't think you trade him just now. I don't know. He's not that young. How old is Christian Wood? Do, you, do we know? I think he's in his mm-hmm. I think he's in his early twenties. I don't think he's that. I don't think he's that old. He is twenty six. Yeah. So he's I still think I still think he. I, I, mm, the Rockets are the Rockets are about four years away from contention. That puts them at about I think that puts them at about thirty years old. So I mean, it depends on. I, I I think you keep him honestly. I think you keep him. I think I think you build around him and Green. Add a few more. They're gonna need to find a free agent or two. And still, they got still got quite a few picks right. uh, left in the draft. I think that they are a couple more drafts. So I think maybe you're still trying to still try to. They're obviously gonna get. They should get another lottery pick. Where they're looking right now, they'll, they'll get it. Yeah, I think I, how high that lottery pick is, I don't know. That's why I'm saying, like Rockets, don't worry about winning too yeah, many games. Five, five let's, five sure. let's get some more lottery picks, man. Or something. I don't know. I ain't saying that. I, I like to be competitive yeah. too. But I, I with Kevin Porter, man, you know he's only like you said, he's 21, which puts him right there with Jalen Green, which I think is what I think Jalen Green's like what 19. I think he's like 20, like 19 uh, or 20. Yeah, Jalen Green is 19. He just turned. Yeah, uh, he's gonna be he's, he's he's turning twenty in February 9th. on February. Right, 9th. so you got twenty twenty one. So you got those two guys are gonna grow up together in the league. Yep. You know, aside so I, I, so I and I think you know you know Christian Woods only what five more years ahead of him. So I yeah, still think that's, that's a fairly young nucleus that you can build with. Yeah. So I think the Rockets just need to continue to build and grow in that path. Yeah, we will see. Hopefully, uh, you know, hopefully we don't have to talk about. Uh, Wood and Porter's off the off the court antics anymore, uh, and they can, we can talk about what they're going to do on the court with the Houston Rockets. 
All right, here we are, uh, as NFC said. We're touching on the NFL. Week 17, I know you see Antonio Brown. I know you see him shirtless, Jay. We're not getting to him yet. We're not getting to him yet. We have our own topic dedicated to that. But let's talk about week 17. And let, well, I mean, let's just talk about our team first. I'll let you go first with them boys uh, and how y'all did the other night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, here's the deal with the Cowboys game, and I'm not one to make excuses. I don't want to make excuses right. for them. But one thing I do know is they took eight penalties in the first or the first half, and you know, and I do know that you know a lot of times when when they, you know at least the Cowboys felt that with those penalties it really kept them from getting into a rhythm. And when you have a hard time getting into a rhythm, or you come off with a slow start because of that, and you got a really really hot you know Arizona Cardinals team, they got down and they and they got down that first half. But then when you look at the tell of the second half. They obviously came back and got within one score of them. So I think that, that you know, it, it was a it's a rough game for them. And, you know, I, I think that they are still the better team. I think that, you know, they're going to play them again. I firmly believe the, the Cardinals are going to be in the wild card. Mm-hmm. And I do believe I really – and I really, what I really want is for the Dallas Cowboys to face the Arizona Cardinals mm. – in the playoffs, I think we need to. I think we need to. I think we need to rematch just so we can shut that up. I like. I like shutting things up, and I don't like just going. Because I know for a fact, if we get mined up with the, with the Philadelphia Eagles, I have no doubt that we're going to beat the Philadelphia Eagles. But, at, but if the card, let's say the Cardinals get beat in the wild card play as well, then we never get that rematch. And then I'm going to hear from Jay Ness and a few other Arizona oh. Cardinals fans. Well, <laughs> it doesn't matter how well you did in the playoffs, we yeah. still beat you. So I want to go back. I want to rectify that. I want to play them in the wild card. I know we're going to beat them in the wild because I know we're going to learn or Mark McCarthy is going to make those necessary adjustments. And, I, you know, and as long as the officials don't don't officiate us to death, because I really think the car, the, the Dallas Cowboys were officiated pretty mm-hmm. damn ticky-tack-like uh, in that first half, and I think that's what kept them on a slow start. So give me the Arizona Cardinals again. Let's do this rematch. And uh, and I think that whoever whoever advances from that, you know, mm-hmm. will then have that much more experience ready to go into the second round. But I want the Arizona Cardinals, and I and I I think we were robbed a little bit. And as, and as you know, we didn't have the we did not have enough timeouts left to challenge mm-hmm. that football, But we clearly would have gotten we would have won that and at least had one more possession to go back the other way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's tough game, but like you said, hopefully you can play them again in the playoffs here in just a few short weeks. Uh, let's talk about my team, man. The Raiders got a big win against the Colts, 23-20. And, hey, if they win this week, they're in the wild card game. And after yeah. all the all the crap they went through this year with a new head coach, uh, some guys getting arrested, guys getting cut. I mean, guy got a DUI last week or the other day, for God's sake. There's always something going on. Um, yeah, I don't know what's up with that Raiders team, man. You guys always got something. Hey, man, it's like we're going back to the glory days, right, back in the 80s. I mean, even early 2000s of guys getting arrested. It feels like we're back home, Jay. We're too yeah. squeaky, we're too squeaky clean for a little bit. Now we're getting back to back to the grind, right? Back to the guys getting arrested and beating up people on the street, stuff like that. Oh, absolutely. But I mean, it wasn't a pretty game. But you got they got the win. Um, they're gonna finish the season over 500 somehow. Uh, <laughs> which, if you had told me that after everything I saw of the first five weeks uh, with everything going on, I would have said you're crazy. But a, a big game for a big game from Zay Jones, 120 yards catching, uh, with eight of them on the day. Hunter Renfro's always going to be consistent, seven for 76. And um, you know they were just able to get it done. The defense helped them out. I thought, you know, we all thought that uh, Carson Wentz wasn't going to be able to play because of COVID. He came back just in time, but it don't matter. We still got the win. 
Because I mean, he didn't have a great day. Uh, 16 to 27, 148, one touchdown. I mean, that's not, uh, you know, you would have loved to see a little bit more. Taylor, I mean, Taylor did what he's going to do. He ran for 108 yards and a touchdown on 20 carries. But I feel like, you know, the Raiders did a fine job stopping him. And the defense really came up clutch. And uh, big game this upcoming week, Jay. Big game against the Chargers. If, you yes. win, if, if we win that, we are in. Going against Justin Herbert and company, the uh, division rivals. So, uh, yeah, a big, big week. Uh, we got NFC, NFZ coming in saying Kellen Moore, not experienced enough to make the necessary adjustments. Makes sense. Good good point there. Uh, he's got another uh, one here. Uh, Dak hasn't looked the same since the injury, but the offense as a whole are making many mistakes. What do you have about that, Jay? Well, yeah, I mean, obviously Dak had the fumble. I, I don't know that they made a lot of mistakes. I know Dak made a Dak had a fumble. They did have a few holding in uh, a few few holding calls. If that's what he's referring to, um, like I said, they had eight, had had eight penalties in the first half. So mm-hmm. I'm not gonna. Uh, yeah, obviously we have things to clean up, and I and I and I have every confidence that they're gonna clean those mistakes up. And I do think that you're gonna. And I, you know what though, I I think at the end of the day, I, I think we're gonna clean those mistakes up, and I and I think we're gonna play back pretty well. We will see. Uh, just around the league, uh, the Bills beat the Falcons 29-15. Uh, the Giants lost to the to the Bears, as we all know, 29-3. Uh, also, Jay, I think I saw since – since you know, remember back when the, the Giants were in the playoff back, I think, 2016? Yeah. That was a nice little boat trip. One nice little boat ride. All the, all the receivers, <laughs> all the, the defensive guys. Since that photo of Jay, they've had the worst record in the NFL. So what, since 2016, 17, we'll say? Right. The the New York Giants are the worst team in the NFL. Worse than the Browns who were sucking for many years. Right? Yeah, I don't worse, know how you get negative than, 10 passing you, yards. That's, that's than the crazy. Jets. How are you worse than the Jets? But they did it. And my God, if, I, if I'm a Giants fan, I would pray that Joe Judge does not come back, even though all signs are pointing towards it. Um, we'll see. Uh, kind of an upset, right? The Cincinnati Bengals got the win against the Chiefs in a close one, 34-31. Locked up the AFC North for the Bengals. Man, I'm happy the Bengals had that big resurrection here because they were right on the cusp of it last year, right? Right. With Joe Burrow out. They were still fighting, trying to get a wild card um, spot. And now that you've had a whole season with Joe Burrow, with Jamar Chase, I mean, they, they rightfully won that AFC North. And, yes, I get that Lamar Jackson's been hurt recently. I get that the Browns have struggled this year. I get that Ben Roethlisberger's old as dirt. But if they're time, they're young. They deserved it. And I'm happy for them. Also, the yeah, I mean, you're not wrong. Injuries hurt them. But, I mean, you know, what have they done besides? I mean, this year, last year, ain't much to change, right? right. The Giants ain't fighting for for any playoff position recently. Um, also around the league, kind of an up, kind of a uh, below. I didn't see coming. The Titans beat the Dolphins thirty-four to three. The big, the <laughs> the biggest winner, the New England Patriots against the Jacksonville Jaguars, fifty to ten. Where the Patriots get the win on that one? Yeah, ja- I, I, Jacksonville. Oh Lord, that was such Ooh, a. But I knew that, that was, was going to happen. I, I just felt like that, that was, was dirty. Uh, Jacksonville's just going through some horrible, especially now that the Urban Meyer's not there. It's just it's just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Uh, it says Giants should have been competing with Dallas for the division, and Philadelphia should have been in the basement 
but the NFL is like that. Yeah. Um, also, NFC, I'm curious. What do you think about Daniel Jones? Is he going to be your – is he still your star quarterback? Is your franchise? Or would you cut bait and pick someone in this draft potentially? Let, me, let us know. I'm curious. Um, game, we'll talk a little bit, Matt, in a second. The Buccaneers barely beat the Jets 28-24. They had a lot else going on, though. Tom Brady threw for 400 yards, though. Um yeah, that whole A B thing. I'm really surprised. I'm really surprised that there's no more wrench in there, but mm-hmm. the Jets. Hey, they got the win. They got the win. Golly. Jets came out the play. And I don't I don't and I don't know where the Bucks go from here because oh. you know, they done lost Fournette. They lost Godwin. Yeah, you lost. Uh, they you lost, lost Brown. They, they obviously lost uh, A B now. Mm-hmm. So really all they got is Evans and, yeah. and what Ron Jones? Yeah, not a whole lot on the receiving core. They got to hope that defense can step up. I um, really don't think that. I, yeah, I mean, given the amount of losses that they've taken, I don't think the the Tampa Bay is going to repeat. I say no QBs in this draft. Go O line for your future rookie, and then get it two years from now. That's smart. I mean, there's not also. Yeah, I mean, honestly, Jay, like kind of recent years, there's not that one guy that is going to be your top pick unless it's Bryce Young, right? Unless he's right. for the draft. Um, but other than that, there's just kind of a bunch of. I say filler, uh, a lot of guys that are project pieces, maybe. Um, so yeah, I, I kind of agree. Not not too much going on in the draft. Obviously, if you can get Bryce Young, you'll take it. But we'll see. Um, let's see. The Eagles beat up the Washington No Names, twenty to sixteen. On the other hand, though, Washington is getting a name uh, on February the second. So we will finally see and give them something to call us. Uh, so hey, they're no longer going to be the Washington Football Team as of. February the second, they'll be the Washington, whatever's. We'll see. <laughs> hey, at least at least at least, at least it's a name. At least it's a name, right? Um, and then get a actually a good logo. Um, my God, I, I mean, I don't see anyone wearing Washington Football Team merch anyway. Right? Any company. Uh. All right. Um, the Rams beat the Ravens in a close one, twenty nineteen. The Chargers beat the Broncos 34-13. The San Francisco 49ers beat the Texans 23-7. Like you mentioned, the Cardinals beat the Cowboys 25-22. The New Orleans Saints beat the Carolina Panthers 18-10. The Seattle Seahawks beat the Detroit Lions. Actually, actually, the the real biggest winners, uh, 51-29. The Seahawks got the win in that one. Yeah. Uh, The Packers beat the Vikings 37-10. And the Monday night, the Monday night game, which was last night, Pittsburgh Steelers got the win, twenty six fourteen, and uh, Ben Roethlisberger's probably last home game. So, who, hey, who do you got? Who do you got out of the NFC? Who do you got taking that final, uh, that final spot? I got, I got. Yeah. It's either the Four Niners or Saints. I got Four Niners. I think they're gonna grab that last playoff spot. I don't think the Saints are gonna be able to get it. What do you think? Yeah, uh, let me look. Who are the Saints? Let me see who they're playing next week. Uh, okay, so week 18, right? The first week 18 right. in history. The New Orleans Saints go up against the Atlanta Falcons, okay? And then mm. the 49ers go up against the Rams. So, the okay, let, let, hey, let me. Is it too late to reverse that? Never mind. I think, okay. that's, okay, I think so the it, Saints might be taking it. NF, NFZ is going with the 49ers to, to get in that final spot. So, the upset against the Rams. God, that's a tall order. That's a big order to go up against. It's tough, Jay, because, I mean, look, in the South, man, I know the Falcons aren't the best right now, but they always play different against the Saints, right? That's their big rivalry. That's their, that's their 
hater. That's their big haters right there. Oh, that's tough. Well, they're both, uh, uh, at the at the 49ers lose, they go to nine and eight. If the right, Saints yeah. win, they go to nine and eight. Okay. I don't know who owns that. Who owns that? Who owns that tiebreaker. Yeah. Tie uh, NFZ wants the Niners and Packers in the playoffs. Okay, not a bad shot there. Uh, let's see here if I can figure out. ESPN's got some weird interface, so I can't really see what all's going on uh, <laughs> with the playoffs. But yeah, man, um, I, I, it's tough. It, it really is because. You, you know, Matt Ryan's time is, is going down a little bit, right? He's still got another year or two left in him, probably. And he loves beating up on the Saints. He always does a good job against the Saints, especially with Drew Brees ain't there. So, oh, yeah. All right, so let me see the playoff picture here. I found it on NFL.com. If it'll, if it'll load for me and help me out here. All right, so in the NFC, yeah, let's see. So, yeah, they're, yeah, it's tough. It, it's rough, but. I mean, I'll I'll go with the the Niners. I guess getting the win. Uh, I'd just go with that. Why not, right? It's tough to guess. <laughs> Too close to tell. But all right, before we get to our next topic here, talking about Mr. Matt Corral, we have a promo from uh, ASAP Network, and we'll be right back. What did you say? I said, I said Kobe Bean Bryant has been overrated ever since he passed away. <laughs> now, nah, I'd say they could lose about four, um, but I, I don't see them losing five. You know what I mean? Whole sports all plays. Whole sports all plays. Whole sports all plays. <laughs> all right. Thank you to ASAP. All right, Jay, we talked about it here on the show before. Guys playing in bowl games, hurting the draft stock. Here you go. You see on the screen. Yeah. Matt Corral from Ole Miss got a hammy injury. Might affect his draft stock. What do you think? Yeah, we were talking about it. God, there's so many, so many debates on mm-hmm. the whole, the whole uh, do you sit out bowl games? Do you do this? Do you do that? And I, you know, here's the deal. I mean, I, you know, this is I, originally. I want to say right now. Originally, my my stance was, you know, players should play in these bowl games. The institutions are giving them scholarships. They should honor those scholarships, play in the games. But you know, I guess you know, if you really think about it, these guys get hurt. You know, there is there, there is nothing there is nothing for them. You know, there's lots of ways you can look at it, man. You know. You know, like Corral getting hurt in the bowl game. I mean, I, you know, I don't know, how, I don't know how it's going to affect this draft. I'm sure it'll affect it to some degree. I mean, you know, quarterbacks really weren't going to go that high in the draft to begin with. So, you know, it, it may drop him maybe down another round or two. Um, but this is going to probably depend on the severity of uh, of the injury in terms of how it affects his draft status. But you know, I, you know, I, I tell you, man, it's a slippery slope. But do the players opt out? Do they opt in to these bowl games? I mean, you can make a case either way, right? You can make a yeah. case either way. I think, I think, I think, at the end of the day, you know, I, I still think it's God. That's such a hard one, man, Logan. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, it, it, it's a, it's tough, right? Because we see now more than ever, guys not playing in in their uh, in their bowl games, skipping it for the senior bowl. Uh, on one side of the fence, you got guys who were saying that you're giving up on your team. You fought all this time, all you know, all year. To get to this bowl game, how come you're not playing to win a champion? Uh, you know, championship. Um, 
then on the other side, you've got these these young men who are hoping to have to get life changing money, right? Have a life changing opportunity to play in the National Football League. You got agents, you got you know all their friends, family, all that saying, "Rest up, don't worry about it, take it easy. That way you won't get hurt and affect the draft stock." And look, I I get it's just it's it's one game, right? It's one game you're playing, and it, it's tough, right? Because I mean, like to teach their own. I guess that some guys have that have that power to want to go out there and do everything for their team, and some guys want to be not selfish, but they want to do what's best for their body and and feel that they can take take a breather and sit one out. And it's just tough because I mean we're going to be seeing it a lot, but yeah. also too just to kind of counteract the the whole. You know, if how come you got all this way and then you're going to leave your team? I mean, we saw we saw coaches, right? We see coaches who have bowl games, and you hear they've already signed contracts with another school. Isn't that kind of the same the same debate, right? What do you think? Yeah, I, yeah, it, it is, I, I, and I get that. Yeah, because some of the yeah, like like Orgeron, he didn't play yeah, in the bowl yeah. game. Yeah, he, he, he didn't coach. He didn't coach a bowl game. You know, but it, and I think I, I think Bob Stoops wound up coaching uh, mm-hmm. Oklahoma. But you know, here's the deal, yep. right? Here's the deal, and and this this is what I'm afraid of, and this, this is where I think this is where I think college football is trending with the I, with the ability of star players able to opt out of these bowl games and not play. Now I think you're going to start getting watered down college bowls. Mm. You're going to start getting watered down college playoffs. Yeah. You're not going to get the best of the best, the competitive of whatever. That's a shame. You know? The only one that surprisingly surprised me, I'm really surprised Nick Saban hasn't had any of his players uh, opt out yet. I've noticed hey. that. Yeah. Nobody's opted <laughs> out from Alabama. And I don't, and I don't scholarship, what you mean? <laughs> huh? He take their scholarship away from them. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, you don't play right. that, no. Yeah. You know, and that's the, but that's the thing, though. So, you know, Kyle Pitts, I think he kind of started the whole opt-out thing. More people, more people starting to opt-out. If that becomes a real thing where people are going to opt out, then what's the point of playing? Th- you know, the only the, I mean, you play through the season. I guess the player gets all the advantage because they get all the notice that they get noticed by NFL scouts, helps with draft status, whatever. Right. But then they get to the bowl game. They don't play the bowl game, and yes, the fans get screwed over. But yeah. the and then they go to the NFL, and- so it makes that whole season like almost pointless because when you get to the end, when it really matters, there's nobody there to play. And see, the thing, if I was a player, right, Jay, if I was in that mindset of, of a quarterback or a, whatever it be, I'm playing, you know, I play the whole uh, 15 whatever game season. I go to a bowl game. I'd want to play. Not not just because, you know, I want my team to get the win. I want to elevate my own draft stock, right? right? Because what if you show out in a bowl game? Because that's definitely going to be, I'm sure, in scout size. How you do in a big, a high-pressure moment, that's going to raise their elevation of you, I would think. Right. You have that opportunity, at least. But we'll be seeing it for, for talking about for years and years now. Um, like I said, it's still a recent thing, but we'll see. I wonder, hey, real quick, I wonder if, mm-hmm. if the trend will be that these institutions start implementing contracts on scholarships. In, in other words, hey, if you're, gonna, if you're going to accept a scholarship, then you actually have to play in – all in the bowl games as well. You can't just play the regular season and then opt out of the. I wonder if they're going to start including that in their scholarships to keep players from opting out. That's not a bad idea. That might be something we'll see, though. But yeah, it's definitely a possibility. 
All right, Jay, not, not the last topic, but I think it is the main event. Couldn't wait long enough. Had to put it in the middle here. Antonio Brown cut by the Buccaneers. Um, I mean, what more, what, what more do I need to say? Do I need to introduce it? Just say your piece. Yeah, there's been so many things. We talked about this earlier in other shows. There's been so many, you know, thoughts about AB. You know, is it CTE related? So is this a mental health issue with him, or is he just, or is he just, you know, not happy because you know they were trying to have him play when he supposedly said that he wasn't healthy enough to play, and then they're trying to do it to get him as incentives. So they're trying to get him out there so he can, hit, you know, hit all these all these landmarks. You know, Tom was talking about doing it. Uh, Bruce Arians was saying he was trying to get out. There's so many things to go into that. I think at the end of the day, it none of it really matters. The only thing that matters is the way that AB handled the situation. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, it's how AB handled the situation. And you know, mental health or not, and you know, you know and it, it, it's not gonna, it's, it's not going to get him back in the league. He's I think he's just done now. He now he does need mental. I do think that AB should go see a counselor. I do think. That he needs to be in some sort of therapy, because I do think there I, I do think that there are, under, are underlying issues with him because I don't think that some of the things he's doing makes a whole hell of a rational sense. And when things don't ma- make rational sense, then you have to wonder, you know, are there underlying issues? So I do think he needs to be evaluated. I think I think he needs some sort of counseling. But I really think that this he's seen the last of AB. AB's done. I I can't imagine not one team, you know, taking a flyer on him after after this antic. I I ain't never seen nothing like this, Jay. <laughs> uh, I mean, he was in the game, right? He looked good. He looked fine. No, he said his, his ankle's been banged up recently. Ain't played in the last couple of games. Ain't played as much. But, you know, I, I had seen on, on Twitter and everywhere, guys were saying that, you know, that the Bucks, the Bucks were taking him out because they didn't want to give him his incentives. That's not true. That's not true. Right, they were trying to get him back in so he could get the incentives. Right, and he said that his ankle wasn't up to par, even though he had been playing in the game. Right, he'd already taken snaps, and he said my ankle ain't feeling it. And from what I what I could kind of gather is they said, well, if you don't want to get back in there, you can just go home. And he took that literally, Jay. He took it literally. As you can see, he took off his shirt, he took off his jersey, he took off his cleat, whatever you can think of threw it into the stands, and there were pictures of him waiting outside for an Uber. So he literally took the ball and went home. I'll tell you uh, one thing. And, yeah, and of course, so, you know, he says he, he – they say he wasn't – they say he wasn't uh, – or he says that he, he wasn't healthy enough to play. But I'll tell you what, if there wasn't really an ankle issue, I don't know how you – I don't know how you hop, skip, and run – Right, right. A job across an end zone. If your ankle is really that jacked uh-huh. up, where you can't play. Oh, we got NFC saying he turns back on Brady. He won't get any more chance. If you turn your back on Tom Brady, you're you're done for. Right. He right. was kind of that last that last savior to give him a chance because it didn't work. It worked out in Pittsburgh for a little bit. Then Mike Tomlin got and uh, Ben Roethlisberger. They got tired of his stuff. Right. So he left. Right. Then he went to uh, he went to Vegas. Well, John Gruden and them, they didn't like him either, so they got rid of him. <laughs> then he went to the Patriots. He didn't find there, right? He didn't cause too much going on there. He just got cut. And then he got the Super Bowl last year. He thought things were finally on the up and up. And But then you would see in the offseason, Jay, 
I mean, we saw it. We talked about it a couple of weeks ago. He got popped for having a fake vaccine card. Yeah. And there were guys saying he should have been cut then. And, you know, here a couple of weeks later, he's cut because I say that because Bruce Aaron said he's no longer a buck. He's still actually on the team. If you look on another team roster, he's still there. So how did he make it? How did he make it as long as he did with the Steelers? I mean, they kept most of this under wraps for yeah. a long period of time. Tomlin yeah. kept that under wraps for that thing for eight years. I mean, they made him somewhat successful for eight years to build up the reputation that he has and the talents that were being showcased. So I'm telling, I just don't know. How, I mean, Tomlin did a hell of a job, you know, keeping AB on the field and being productive. I, I, you know, you didn't really see this until after he really left uh, the Steelers. Yeah, I, I got to throw this in here, Jay, just just for why not. Let me know if you can hear this, by the way. Boiled over, very upset on the okay. sideline, took off his shoulder pads. Mike Evans, O.J. Howard trying to convince him to keep them on. Obviously, they were unable to do so. He tossed his shoulder pads, stripped off his shirt and glove, threw those into the crowd, then ran across the field while the teams were still on the field, giving the crowd a peace out sign. I'll let you know when we hear something official on his status. Thank you, Jen. It may be an Antonio Brown out. In Tampa Bay, at some point, enough is enough. Brady, catch inside the ten. Catching the beat. Kind of upset, Jay. They didn't show the jumping jacks inside on the. Uh, yeah. <laughs> on and, the this, hey, and this is the guy who was saying that he wasn't healthy enough to play, but he's healthy enough to do jumping jacks yeah. and sprint across the field. AB, man, what's up, man? Why are you? Why are you throwing your whole life, you know, financially life away? At least, you know, down the toilet. I mean. Yeah. Damn. I'm going to say this in my final piece about this, right? This guy has first ballot Hall of Fame worthy numbers, right? His talent is immense. I mean, when he's on, he is a top receiver in the league. But, I mean, we're seeing it, man. Just the downfall, the off-the-field issues, the vaccine card, the mover, the, the personal trade, all these things that have accumulated over the years and now with this kind of final uh final final burst here right so i mean let, let's not forget jay this isn't some this isn't like kevin porter right when he's 21 and he's young and he starts to learn he's 30 and tony brown's 33 right he, he's a grown man who decided to make all this about himself because he could he could have just ran or walked off into the locker room and if he wanted to leave, that's fine, right? That would have been, of course, everyone would have been talking about it, but no one right. would have been saying, hey, man, this guy was doing jumping jacks. He threw, I mean, hey, I got his glove. I'm selling it here on eBay for $500. Like, <laughs> it's just, it, it, it's insane. Yeah. I don't think we're ever going to see this again. And I sent, um, I sent y'all something in, in our uh, group chat that someone was saying, someone was saying that, uh, Terrell Owens was a bigger diva than Antonio Brown, which that ain't true. Ain't no way. This is a whole new level, yeah. I think. Yeah, he definitely got to a whole new level. I do think he makes it. Look, if T.O. can make it into the Hall of Fame, and given the antics that he did, Antonio Brown's going to be in the Hall of Fame too. It may take him a little longer than way initially, yeah. but he'll he'll get in there. He just I just think his playing days are done. Yeah, let me uh, I'm gonna pull up the stats real quick because I mean we probably won't see him playing our down again. So let me just do a career uh, look at him. Why why not? Right. Um, he played. He started in 2010. Um, overall, his career. I can find it here. Uh, had over 12,000 yards, 83 touchdowns, 
928 catches. So, man, what a career, you know? And you're so close to those accolades. Eight catches away, man. You oh, couldn't yeah. put it together for one more game. Yeah, the incentives are going to be crazy. He's going to get, what, 33000 I think, extra? There's going to be a million after all the incentives. Okay. I think one was, one was for yardage, one was for touchdowns, one was for um, catches. Gotcha. Yeah, okay, yeah. He's right, yeah, he's right there, but he said, nah, I'm out of here. He, I saw he released a song on Twitter, so – and I saw the next night he was at the Brooklyn Nets game, so he, he seems to be taking this pretty well. Um, so long, Antonio Brown. We will probably never see you on the field again. Um, heck of a career, but just unfortunately, right, unfortunately tarnished by way too many things to list off that he did off the field. Also, Ben Southers chiming in saying that he is done. Yeah, it, like I said, if anyone if anyone takes a chance on this guy, they're, they're as insane as he is, right? So we'll see. All right, we got topic here, Joe. I will get your, uh, we'll get your opinion. Is Joe yeah, Burrow, is Burrow better than her? Better than her. Yeah. What do you I say, yay or nay? Man, hey, I, I think it's close. I think it's getting real close, yep. especially with what Joe Burrow did against the Chiefs, beating the Chiefs, and that 525-yard game mm-hmm. that he had. You know what? I'm going to go on a limb and say okay. I think he's starting to edge Burrow or, or Herbert. I think he's starting yeah. to edge Herbert. And here's the thing, too, Jay. Yeah, we know we know Herbert won the Offensive Rookie of the Year last year, right? He had a tremendous year. Yeah. But this is really Burrow's kind of first year, right? And he is looking phenomenal. Uh, I got some play. I got some uh, comparison numbers here. I also keep in mind that Burrow did miss uh, a little bit of last year, a little bit of time. Uh, completion percentage, Joe Burrow by about two percent. Um, yards, Burrow has seventy three hundred, and Herbert has. Almost 9,000, so about 2,000 yards different. Touchdowns, right? Herbert has 66. Burrow has 47. Also, let's not forget, too, let's not forget, too, Jay, that the Bengals have a really good uh, really good running back, really good team with Joe Mixon, something that yeah. the, the Chargers don't, right? They don't have that Joe Mixon-type running back. I know, I know Eckler's good. Uh, let's see. So, so that gives it to Herbert. But Burrow is creeping up. I would say I'll, I'm going to Lin Jay. If Joe Burrow can duplicate and improve on what he did this year, and do it next year, I'd put him above him. Because, oh yeah. No, there's no doubt Herbert. Is well, because what hurt her Burrow? Burrow's numbers were probably would probably They'd be probably be better if he was better healthy. than if he had not missed the entire year with yep. with that knee injury. Yep. That knee injury took away a lot. Yep. But I think if it wasn't for that knee injury, I think I think he would. I think his numbers would be a bit better. So yeah, I do think. So we'll see what happens in year two. I think year two or year th- year, well, three, yeah. year yeah. three. But I call it year two because, like you said, that's really what he's playing because he took the whole year off due to injury. So I think also, next year, man, if he duplicates this, I I, I don't know how you don't. And and also, let me, well, let's yeah. be honest. Hey, this season's not over with yet. Yeah. He's still got the playoffs. And hey, listen, playoffs to the AFC. So it's, but, not, um, it's not completely over with. What happens if Burrow goes further in the playoffs uh, than what Herbert does, or vice versa, even for that? Because did uh, Herbert? They didn't make the Chargers didn't make the playoffs last year, did they? The Chargers are in the playoffs. Oh no, I don't know if they made last year. They're in it this year. Yeah, yeah, they got, they got, a, they got to beat the Raiders. Get that, get that, get it. Oh, there. that's right, that's right. It comes down. So. No, we, they're not even fully in yet, but since he's in, I don't believe so. Yeah, since he won the AFC North, so they're already, they're already fully in. So I mean. I think it's an awfully tight. I I think you can make it's a case a for either one right now, honestly. 
Right. I mean, there's no doubt Herbert is a phenomenal quarterback. He's done great, right? He's done amazing things in San Diego or in uh, Los, Los Angeles or whatever. But I don't know, man. I like Burrow. I, 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 think, I think Burrow I has the higher ceiling. I, I think, think Burrow so has the higher ceiling. I think so, too. I, really do. I, I do think that Herbert's going to be around the league for a long time, right, as long as he stays healthy. Oh, yeah. As long Herbert's as he stays healthy, be right. he's he ain't be, going nowhere. He's going to be, you know, he's going to get those Pro Bowl numbers and stuff. But here's something else, too, Jay. Could we maybe, just, just going out on a limb here, could we maybe see another rivalry, right, like we saw with Tom Brady, with Peyton Manning? Could we be seeing with these two young guys here? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. so far. And I love that. I love rivalries. That's what oh, makes yeah. the game so much fun. You're not wrong. All right, let's do some uh, some fighting, some UFC, some boxing, combat sports. So uh, Jake Paul, the perimeter boxing guru, right, that one loves, uh, he's called out UFC owner, president, and many accolades, Dana White. <laughs> so I'm going to read these off here. So Jake Paul says, happy to hear you, Dana White. Here's a real challenge for you. I will immediately retire from boxing and fight Jorge Masvidal in the UFC if you agree to the following. Number one, increase the minimum fighter pay per fight to 50000 It's currently 12000 right now. Number two, guarantee UFC fighters 50% of UFC annual revenues, which was $1 billion in 2021. Three, provide long-term health care to all the fighters. And he says, you previously said brain damage is part of the gig. Imagine the NFL said that. There are many UFC alums who have publicly said they are suffering from brain damage. He says you have five days to accept and to implement this above the above by March 31st, 2022. Once implemented, I will immediately retire from boxing, enter the USADA, and agree to a one-fight deal with the UFC to fight weak channel Jorge. <laughs> to all the UFC fighters, time to take a stand and create value for yourselves and peers. You deserve higher pay. You deserve long-term health care. And above all, you deserve freedom. Support each other. I am not your enemy. I am your advocate who socially wants to knock out a few of you uh, to make some big bank. So, <laughs> Jay, well, I mean, it's hey. not crazy for all these demands, right? It's not I'll, tell you one, I'll tell you one thing about Jay Paul. He's really good at marketing himself. Yeah. Yep. Jay Paul is really good at marketing himself. And Jay Paul could probably do some really big things with the UFC if he came over in terms of you know being able to get the get the sport more marketable, uh, not that it's not marketable now, but definitely help Dana White take it to to, to different levels. Mm-hmm. Obviously, with Jake Paul's social media abilities, you know he could really do some wonderful things for over there. So, I think hey, listen, man, I, and pers- personally, I want to see Jake Paul just get. It. I, I just want to take him say take a kick <laughs> to the face yeah. or get choked out. I would love to see Jake Paul just get choked out. Listen, let me tell you something. Boxing ain't UFC. Boxing ain't grappling and all the other things that go along with it. So you might be able to do whatever. And I still think some of them Jake Paul fights in boxing, I still think those were a little rigged. I don't think that was all full on. I think there was still some stuff there. But, yeah, yeah. Okay, Jake Paul, go to UFC and, and take on, you know, some of those guys and see what see what happens. Uh, I'm just kind of looking around to see if Dana White ever said anything. I found a uh, first thing I saw here is from the New York Post. Uh, it says Dana White has a quote saying, "Nobody on earth thinks you really wrote all that. You're too stupid." <laughs> he, he claims that uh, Paul's manager wrote all that, uh, called him a scumbag, this, that, and the other. And can we let's not forget Jay that I mean, uh, Jake Paul called out Dana White the other week. Um, I don't know if you saw that. He no, I didn't see that one. 
yeah, so this feud started when Jake Paul re- repeatedly said that Dana White uses cocaine. Uh, White said he would be randomly tested for the next 10 years if Paul would agree to be tested for steroids for the next two. And basically, Jake kind of went around that and put out what I what I just read to you about all those demands. So that that's what Dana's saying is, is a quote saying, Jake, you never responds to the challenge. You publicly stated I use Coke. I do not. I believe you're a cheater, and I believe you use steroids. So, Jake Paul, I can see the whole steroid thing with Jake Paul. He does <laughs> look like he might be on, like he might be juicing up a little bit because yeah, he, he, he broke his quite a bit in a very yeah. short period of time. So I, I, hey, I'm not, I'm not completely ruling that out with Jake Paul. Yeah, I mean, you know, we'll see. Um, I do want to see him fight though. That'd be great to see him fight in the UFC. That'd be amazing. Oh, I would love to see him that fight. Would be amazing. I would love to see somebody just choke him out. I think I, I'm don't quote me for a word here, but I think Masvidal said that you know he's like, look, I'll just it's like if you want to make it a boxing match in the UFC, we'll do that, but or make it like judo, like use kicks and all this stuff. I I love to see that. That'd be great because I mean he he ain't fought he Tyron Woodley is not a boxer. He's a wrestler. Yeah, right. he lost twice. He he doesn't need to he doesn't need to show up anymore in anywhere. <laughs> his his reputation's tarnished. He, he's he's out of here. Oh yeah, Woodley's definitely done. I don't think you can come back yeah. from that one. Yeah, so yeah, Jay, kind of what we were saying. I think exhibitions require drug. Yeah, probably not. Honestly, I mean, these were one fight expedition or exhibition. So we'll see. But all right, before we get out for the night, our fantasy league is coming to an end. Uh, we got about one week left. It's been a great eighteen weeks. Uh, let me pull up the screen here so I can show everyone. Just how everything's shaking out this year. All right, here we are at the NFL Fantasy Playoffs here. So all some teams did not make. I didn't make it, unfortunately. Uh, Big Shot Rob didn't make it. But here it is. I'm going to go through all of the uh, championship thing, championship rounds here. So in the quarterfinal, this will start week 16. It's ending this week. Week 18 is the final week. So week 16. Uh, Minnesota Flea Flickers had a bye. They were the number one team in our league. Um, the first quarterfinal out today got the loss to Tinker's Toys, 143 to 160. Um, or 143 to 131. Uh, Cowboys Sucked, which is our guy, Frankie C, got the win against Breaking the Game by an easy victory, 122 to 80. And then our guy, the McLovins, had a bye as the number two team in the league. In the semifinals, Tinker Toys got the upset against the Minnesota Flea Flickers, 119 to 117. So that just a, a two-point difference in uh, the semifinals there. Uh, big upset. And then the McLovins beat Jay. You got the win against Frankie in the semifinals, 115 to 102. Still a close game. Yeah. And now we have first off in the third place game, uh, Flea Flickers going up against the Cowboys. Suck so. Best of luck to our guy Brandon Herrera with Minnesota Flea Flickers. And, of course, with Frankie with the Cowboys Sucks. Uh, in the fifth-place game, we have Alan Tadeusz going up against Breaking the Game. And for the Fantasy Super Bowl, with the chance to host and pick all the topics for a future episode of Unscripted, we have Jay McLovin with the McLovins going against former guest Brady Tinker with Tinker's Toys. Uh, quick look here at the teams. Man, it's going to be a good matchup. And it's going to be taking place this week. So, right now, Tinker has Joe Burrow as the quarterback. 
Alvin Kamara, the running back. Wilson, there's no running back. Amari Cooper, Justin Jefferson, Hunter Henry, Debo Samuel, and Greg the Leg with the Saints defense. So we'll see what the Falcons can do. And for Jay, he has Tom Brady at quarterback, David Montgomery as the running back, Jonathan Taylor's yellow one, uh, Stephon Diggs, Jalen Waddell as the two wide receivers, George Kittle as his tight end, T. Higgins as the flex, uh, Ryan Suckup as his kicker at the moment, and the Bills defense, who's going up against the New York Jets this upcoming week. So the current projection, right, as for NFL fantasy, it currently has Tinker Toys at 102.78, and it has the McLovins at 126.59. So, Jay, already just based off predictions, you've got the win so far. Um, on the bench, we got Gronkowski, Beckham, Cooks, Lockett, Foreman, and Gaskin. For Jay, as for Mr. Tinker, we have Hunt, Gage, Murray, Fryermuth, Mitchell, and Tucker. So, um, for the bench, Brady does have the slight advantage, 71 to 69. But, Jay, I want to get your thoughts on the upcoming battle this week. Yeah, the only one, hey, the only one I might change, and I, I, I might change out, is I might, I might put Cooks. Uh, in place of T Higgins, I, I, I or not T Higgins, yeah, T Higgins. Okay. I feel like I feel like because with the only thing is, is with I feel like with um with Burrow, obviously, you know, Jamar Chase is his guy, yep, yep, and he throws him quite often. Where Brandon Cooks or Brian Cooks is Houston's guy, so I think I might switch those out. I, I, I I'm still debating that one, but I think at the end of the day, man, I hey, Tinker Toys is gonna have his work cut out for him. <laughs> you know, but hey, but I, but I don't underestimate Tinker Toys either. Yeah. Hey, it's anybody, it's anybody's thing out there. Yep. So it's going to be interesting to see. And but I like my chances. You know, projections are projections. Uh, but we'll see how it really comes down to. It. I think I can get it though. And like Frankie says here, the two Cowboys fans going for the Super Bowl. Can that be a sign for Dallas? No. Hey, you got your point, Jason. The Cowboys fan. Uh, Brady's uh, he interviewed a lot of Cowboys. Worked with Cowboys, so. Uh, we got two two of Dallas' finest going at it. Um, said so J.C. Jackson will lock down Waddle. Uh, Bill knows he's the one he needs to stop the most. So we'll see. So this upcoming, well, eh, maybe Sunday, if not Sunday, the next Tuesday, we will have a champion for the Unscripted Fantasy League. Uh, do a recap of the whole season. But, man, the uh, championship's coming soon. And we can't wait to see how it's going to go. So we have gotten through the whole show. Thank you guys so much for tuning in live here tonight. If you're watching us live on Facebook at Unscripted, over at All Sports, All Places Networks on YouTube, Facebook, and all the other channels. Like God, thank you so much for tuning in. Like, comment, share, and subscribe. For my co-host, Jay McLovin, thanks so much for coming on the show, talking some sports with me. Always a pleasure. I've been your host, Logan Lane. You guys have a great night. And we'll see you on Thursday, 7 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. And uh, be safe, and we will see you then. All sports, all plays. All sports, all plays. All sports, all plays. We're making a place. You're talking the game, get you to the days. We're hiding the court, the dining the lane. Variety topics, living the same. All presentation, sports information. In the airways, taking the nation. All sport, all plays. They're working your faces. Grace up the field, so tie the laces. All sports, all plays.